Hey, what's going on? This is the Saturday Down South podcast. I am Conor O'Gara. Will, plan for today. Hennon Hooker is going to join the home of the number one hen dog podcast in existence. Confirm. forward to that. Yes. It, I, I didn't confirm it with him, but mm-hmm. we know that we are the in our heart of hearts. Hen. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Uh, we've got a little AMA for, for the people. I, I don't know if you could say AMA if it's ask us anything. Ask us anything. Ooh. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So uh, look forward to that as well. But before we dig into all that stuff, um, there's a dumb rule that I didn't realize was a thing. I I, I don't like being the person to admit that something fell through the cracks because I pride myself on staying on top of things. But every once in a while it happens. Something falls through the cracks. Uh, I failed to realize that the SEC is stuck in the 2010s with this rule. So the rule that I'm talking about in the SEC, if you enter the portal during the post spring window, you cannot transfer to another SEC school and play immediately. Oh yeah. Hey, you don't want to give those other programs a leg up on you. You know, you don't want them to remember the playbook and get all your secrets out there. They might know who the starting quarterback is. Well, that just, that that drives me nuts, man. That, That drives me absolutely nuts. So let me, let me repeat that for those at home who maybe didn't realize this or like maybe you've seen this kind of in passing but didn't fully process this rule. In the SEC, if you enter the portal during the post-spring window, you cannot transfer to another SEC school and play immediately. If you transfer to another SEC school in that spring window, you're sitting out a season or you're trying to do the waiver process. The rule is only for the spring window, so that's why you can still have intra-conference transfers. If you're in the post regular season window, obviously we know that that you're good, that that's fine, but in the SEC you're not getting those interconference transfers in the post spring window. So like Bear Alexander, defense lineman for Georgia, he announces that he's entering the portal. Don't even bother assuming that an SEC school is going to be on the list. It's just not mm-hmm. going to happen. That's taking visits to USC, immediately USC is linked and boom, just like that. I mean, It'd be a surprise at this point to see Barra Alexander end up at an SEC school knowing that the current rule is in place. It's absurd. It's it's absolutely absurd. Why does it exist? The point you just brought up right there. That's it. It is the same logic that coaches used to fall back on when they would give a – remember, I'm old enough to remember when a guy would say, hey, I want to transfer, uh, and then the coach would come back with a list of restricted schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, all right, what, what are we doing here? And, and the coach was like, well, we don't want to have have you giving away all of our secrets to your new team. Like, mm-hmm. of course, coaches don't want to have guys th- go through spring practice, spring games, only to have them turn around and go to another team that they could face that year. It's so stupid, and here's why. The NFL does this. And nobody says anything about it. Nobody cares. A guy can go through the entire preseason, play in the games, get cut in late August, and join a team in the same division a week later. And nobody gives a crap. There's no restriction that stipulates, hey, uh, when you hand in your playbook, can you avoid going to Jacksonville? Can you can you, can you not do that? We don't want you giving, giving the playbook to somebody in the same division or you know taking screenshot. No, that, that is, it's not a thing. Nobody says that. It doesn't exist in college because players don't have a union. That's that's the only thing you need to know about that. That's the entire yep. reason why that rule doesn't have any pushback. College athletes don't have a union. So until they're not at the mercy of their coaches who are acting out of their own best interest, they're not acting out of the kids' best interest in this case, they're, they're going to be powerless in this situation. The league presidents have the power to change this, but the league presidents are at the mercy of their head coaches because the head coaches tell them how to vote. That's how this works. There was supposed to be a vote on it this March at the SEC basketball tournament, and nothing came of it. Or at least nothing has come out. Nothing has seen the light of day. Alabama was the one banging the drum last year to get this changed. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bama. But n- again, nothing. And it actually makes sense for for Bama because of the way the portal. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they're the ones that like they get their roster poached kind of like early on in the portal process, and then they're like, "Hey, it'd be great to go and get this guy from this place and just you know picking apart all these different SEC rosters and being able to plug those holes." Because Bama can do something like that. It's weird that the SEC is the league who would put a rule in place like this because you're letting talent walk out the door. Talent just walking out the door. Yeah, because when that guy gets drafted, like Jalen Hurts, he's an Oklahoma 
transfer not like if you're if you're like uh an, part of the sec brass it's like well now you have another conference being able to co-opt your success for like nfl draft that's an interesting point it's it's just weird it, it's mm-hmm. it's strange because nothing else about the way that the league operates it really defaults to that it's it, it seems more like a big 10 thing if we're if we're being 100 percent honest here and i can say that because i'm a big 10 grad others just default to the ncaa rules that state undergrads they can get a one-time exemption transfer anywhere play immediately window doesn't really matter maybe there's a fear of tampering with allowing the sec to have more of that infighting to happen in the spring but they already have that with the december window and it's not like this is going to limit the portal as a whole guys are still going to leave if they feel the need to leave it's not like they're going to look at the spring window and go well i'm at georgia but the only school i'd leave for is tennessee so i'll stay here like right that's that's not going to happen. It's just not. It's weird to think that this is an SEC-wide thing because at the very least, they could just make this about not playing against teams that are on the upcoming schedule or, or not being allowed to transfer to a place that's going to see your former team. Okay, they, they could just do that. There's no reason why Bear Alexander shouldn't be able to go to A&M. Georgia's, Georgia doesn't play A&M. They don't play A&M. I bet part of the pushback on that, though, would be, well, if we meet in the SEC championship, it's just it's dumb it's dumb on a variety of levels the chances of getting that exact scenario to play out slim to none and even if that somehow happens do you really think a conference championship will be won or lost because a guy crossed enemy lines and gave the other team all of their secrets no see that right there is a great point about just like football as a sport because what the nfl does have is uh like you don't want to trade a guy in your division like you we would hear that all the time growing up it's like well you know he'd love to be a packer but he's on the bears right now and you know they don't want to make a trade in the division mostly because they don't want to look silly like they don't want to give away a good player and and like and like i get it a little bit but it's like unless you're trading aaron Rodgers, (laughs) the fun the fundamental makeup of your team really doesn't matter and then you have like the NBA version of this, where you're just like, no, nah, we can trade James Harden from the Nets to the Sixers in the same division, and it's just going to completely not matter. And that's a guy who's going to increase the win total by like ten. And it's like, so it's funny sport to sport, right? Because the sport where it matters the least, um, I guess football, ah, probably probably football more than baseball. Like you could argue some positions could be a little bit, but like quarterbacks aren't the ones we're talking about here. That's all other. At this point, there's like nil stuff going on. Like it's not like one rule would stop a quarterback from doing this stuff. So point being, these players rarely ever matter on that level so it's so funny that it's just like oh like well you got the you got the nuclear codes or you might go out there and get three sacks so we just can't let this happen it's just paranoia that's all this is it's paranoia it's wanting to have control it's the same reason why coaches now will will say media access here's 20 minutes of nothing of us doing walkthroughs now go leave we can't have you watching anything else and this isn't really about media access but there, there is something to be said for like coaches that are just so obsessed with control and feeling like every little thing is going to prevent them from winning a championship. Anything that can possibly be seen to them as a disadvantage, they're against. Even though teams probably should be changing their signals constantly and changing up things in the playbook. And it's not like you're going to have a guy that's just holding on to this playbook and all of a sudden, oh yeah, he's just going to give this to... You know, this this Georgia player is going to give this playbook to South Carolina, and you're just screwed if you're South Carolina. Like, that's just not the way this works at all. Matt Hayes wrote about this for, for SDS on Thursday morning. Fun fact, we were actually both writing about it, and C. Wright mm-hmm. stepped in and said, hey, can't have both of you guys writing about this. You guys feel really similarly about this issue. We're like, Do you like rock, okay. paper, scissors? Like, what happens in that situation? Uh, something it's, it's a little bit, it depends kind of like when it's just like who finishes when or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Cause it's or like somebody a, has like a big quote or something like you guys just kind of hash it out behind the scenes. Yeah. And Hayes is talking to unnamed SEC coaches for a story like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to, he's going to get, he's going to win that battle. It doesn't really happen that often, especially when it's the same day, but it happened in a situation like this because both of us were talking to C right about this and saying, mm-hmm. why does this exist? Why is this still in place when we've gotten past these restrictions? And it feels like we're at a time when we should be not limiting kids based on, you know, a specific school or something like that. It just feels really outdated. Um, Real quick, brought- before you continue, there's uh, one other very dumb rule. It might not still be a rule. Is it still a uh, freshman can't talk to the media? No, that's that's school to school. That's entirely okay. school to school. Yeah, interesting. That, that's, that's never been like that's not like an NCAA wide thing. Okay, um, I've always thought that individually. Like the schools that did it, I always thought it was stupid because, like I said, NBA background. It's like if you can be LeBron and be 17 and get drafted. Like, I don't understand why you're mature at 19 but not at 18. But I've seen that in big college football programs. I don't know why they do that. Anyway. 
Yeah, it, it, it really depends. You, you can get situations where you'll have programs that say if a kid hasn't started yet, he's not going to mm. be available to the media, which I get to a certain yeah. extent um, because then you're, you know, you, you're getting these guys who are like not playing and maybe they're going to share that they're frustrated that they're not playing. <laughs> so I, I get it from that standpoint. When you're 18 and 19 years old, that's a little bit difficult to navigate as opposed to like a professional athlete. So I, I get some of that. And then other times teams will default to, uh, no freshman availability. It's like you have a freshman starting quarterback. Exactly. Like, I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. And it, it, some and some will default to that. But again, that's also just, oh, they haven't had the media training to go through yet. And there are some examples that you can go down that you're just like, all right, so so really this guy's going to be not available to the media for this long. Um, it, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It, it's really bizarre. Hayes brought up something that, that I think is worth remembering. There is still the hardship waiver route. Remember, it feels like it's it's been a minute since we we talked about that. We're no longer trying to figure out if Justin Fields or JT Daniels can play immediately based on an NCAA waiver. Um, theoretically, this is a bad example and it's one that's going to upset you. But theoretically, if Garrett Nussmeyer goes, I'm hitting the portal. I want to go to Auburn. By rule, he has to go through the waiver process if he wants to play immediately this year. Recent history suggests actually this would probably work out for somebody like Nussmeier in, in a high profile spot like that. Um, even though it does feel like a bit of a crapshoot sometimes with the waiver wire process, he'd probably have a pretty easy case to get a waiver to play immediately. He's not doing anything that's against NCAA rules because that's that's the thing to remember. And if the SEC is still at the mercy of the NCAA, which that's the case for now, there's nothing really that the SEC can do. It would basically be dad says no, you can't stay up another half hour, go ask mom, mom will say yes. That's pretty much what the SEC is daring some of these guys to do. The ca- like the case is pretty clear. Why would it make sense that Nussmeyer could play immediately at Miami, but not at Auburn? You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. so, so strange. The NCAA isn't in the business of deciding that, and they don't necessarily have any responsibility to uphold the SEC's outdated rule, which Sankey put in place two years ago, just as the transfer portal restrictions were being lifted nationally. My issue is that it shouldn't come down to that. It shouldn't. It's stupid. Why would the SEC want the path of least resistance to be leaving the conference this goes against everything that the SEC is all about. Isn't this yep. the conference that's all about stockpiling talent by any means necessary? Why are you giving kids an open invitation to leave the conference instead of finding another opportunity in the spring? Because if it's a tampering thing, I got news for you. USC is going to tamper just as hard as LSU. They will. They absolutely yep. will. The Bear Alexander thing is a perfect example of that. Why are we Why are we instantly linking him to, to USC and no other SEC schools? You mean, Why would you, you want to go t- play defense for Lincoln Riley anyway? Like it's like there's clearly something going on here. I mean, come on! Like he's a top fifty recruit who went to IMG. He's from Texas. He would have a ton of SEC suitors if that rule weren't in place. But mm-hmm. it is. Instead, you're probably going to watch a top fifty recruit leave the conference with NIL tampering. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if teams outside the SEC see this as a way to poach some major talent, knowing that the SEC can't do a thing about it as long as this rule's in place. Maybe USC's figured it out. Or maybe somebody's about to make a big-time splash for a guy who is expected to start and have some of these opportunities. Perhaps it'll be a quarterback where I, I've said, look, temper your expectations for the post-spring market here. But we probably shouldn't rule anything out at this point. It's just such a bizarre precedent to set for a league that is all about recruiting and upgrading facilities and doing anything possible to gain an advantage. This rule needs to be changed. Again, I would accept the compromise. The the compromise of simply you cannot transfer to a, the, to a team that will be on your old team's upcoming schedule. If that's the compromise, I would I would take that because technically under the current rules – Brock Vandergriff could transfer to Georgia Tech, but not Texas A&M, even though the Aggies don't play Georgia this year and Georgia Tech does. And I, yeah, I realize Brock Vandergriff, multiple outlets reporting he will be locked in at Georgia 2023. We're just using examples here, folks. Okay, we're not saying Brock Vandergriff's transferring. All signs indicate that he is going to be staying at Georgia. Remember, he's only used one year of eligibility. Interesting thing to, to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. I hope someone is willing to make a mockery of the system. 
I, that, that's that's truly what I find myself rooting for because this is a rare instance in which the SEC needs to realize that it's actually hurting itself more than it's helping itself with this. I would love to see some high-profile SEC transfer announce that he's going to an SEC school, then file a waiver to the NCAA, and then have the NCAA grant immediate eligibility the following day. That would be great. Just spit right on the face of all this. That's wishful thinking. I know. It's still the NCAA. They drag their feet more than anything in existence. So I know that that's just a total pipe dream. But I think it'll take getting to that place for these coaches who tell their presidents exactly how to vote in cases like this. I think it would take something like that for them to realize, well, this is how it's always been. Does it work for this? It just doesn't. I'm baffled reading some of the comments in the AL.com story from last year when this was proposed by Bama, something that just kind of slid under my my like June radar. I Again, this fell through the cracks. I'm admitting that, <laughs> fully admitting that. Uh, even Lane was kind of like, well, other coaches were saying that teams will want to not have their spring games on TV if you do that. Buddy, I've- if you think that's the only way to scout these guys, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. YouTube, man. Yeah, anything. Literally anything. anything. <laughs> All the resources that are available. Uh, they, they don't need a spring game to figure out if there's a guy that they want. Maybe it would help, but I mean, come on. Um, even Kirby had this quote in this story. Kirby said, quote, I prefer the way things currently are where there's two windows the way they are. I think it, that it's tremendously difficult to go through three to four months of workouts in spring practice and then have your roster change within your conference. It's one thing to say, OK, May 1st, a guy can leave and go anywhere he wants to go. Remember, that's before the window was moved up to the back half of April. That happens. And I think a lot of times that's good for the player. We've had some kids that realize in the spring they may not get the opportunity they so desired and they want to go look at other schools. There's hundreds of of schools they can go look at, you know. Close quote. Um there there are people that listen to that that look, they support Kirby no matter what and they think that he knows everything and that he's right even when he would say something hypothetically like, "Oh, terrorism is it that bad like there are people that would support kirby people like, hey, hold on now we got these are misunderstood people all right you don't know what they're going through at home let's listen listen to the head ball coach talk for a minute was it like, cks we gotta listen to him all right like kirby's won consecutive national championships maybe he's on to something maybe we should take that point a little bit more seriously um but i i just couldn't disagree more with with that point because you're still dealing with post spring adjustments to your roster and again they do it in the nfl without a peep if your argument is but amateurism, I'd say, but Kirby's on a $112 million contract and he can deal with changing a couple signals over the course of the next four months. Anyway, want to bring this up. I know I'm getting fired up because I felt really dumb for not even realizing that this role was in place and I didn't want anyone else to be misinformed or wonder why their team wasn't pursuing a specific SEC player in the spring window. Thoughts on that? I have a really stupid theoretical for you. So what if he, so he's from Texas. Can he transfer to Texas? Because they're a big 12 school, but they're going in the SEC. Yes, you can. They're not in the SEC this year. So he, as a, so he's a freshman, so he could play in the SEC. Second year player. Second year player. No, I understand that. But I'm saying like he has an additional year where Texas would be in the SEC playing SEC games. Okay. Yeah, sure. This is a totally logical rule. Never mind. No, No further questions. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a loophole kind of kind of around it. But yeah, I mean, you could because they're not playing against an SEC schedule this year. You could just you could could say that, which again, this makes no sense. What are we doing? What are we doing? And I get it like, oh, it's just going to be free agency. It already is. It already is, dog. You're not that's stopping the thing. It. It's like, what? Like, okay, I understand. You're right. This is an archaic 2010s rule that's very hand-wringing about like, well, it's a snowball effect. What if we start here? Then where are we going to end up? Here is where we're going to end up. Exactly here. here. This is it. We've done it. There were no guards on NIL. There were no guards on the, the transfer rules. It is complete free agency. The people that were supposed to be protecting that and gatekeeping that for 50 years with like part of the Ed O'Bannon case and some of the other stuff, it all, they all just threw up their hands. The NCAA... Uh, you know, couldn't govern anything and they just decided, hey, figure it out. Here we are. And now we have like this hilarious one little tiny rule where it's like, yeah, I mean, like guys can jump from school to school, but not in this one little thing once they've slightly learned the playbook or decided or it's been decided they're not playing. It's insane. Uh, yeah. 
as far as I know, the SEC is the only conference that does this. As, as far as I know, which makes I couldn't find anything on other conferences doing that. I, I again, like I'm admitting, this it itself was a hole in my game. So maybe I'm off on that based on my research. But why why would you want to be the only ones doing that? That that is just that is a weird pack to make. It is a weird pack for a league that is incredibly competitive. And if you're right. saying, well, we don't want to, you know, crank it up a notch even further. To me, I'm just like, it, it, it would be one thing if if Barry Alexander was going, again, we, we don't know this is official, but if Barry Alexander was going to USC and we knew he's sitting out a year, all right, yeah, you're you're upholding that. You're, you're not doing anything out of the norm, but saying you can play immediately here or you can sit here and and then you can play, you're like, like no, that that is, oh, it's just so dumb. It is so dumb. And there are maybe there are going to be, a couple of cases that that happened that just make us scratch our head and go, wait a minute. So that guy would have been great in another SEC uniform. And instead, that, that's not even going to be an option for him. It doesn't yep. make a lot of sense. Well, it's like, what's the goal here, right? Who are we protecting? Exactly to your point, man. It's like, I would hope the student athlete has the ability to make the best decision for him. You know, maybe you want to go to a school that's closer to home. Maybe you want to go to a school that, you know, has this certain feature that only this school, like, let's say you want to go play in Mississippi, for instance. Let's say you want to go play in Louisiana, but not for La Tech. You're kind of out of, like, let's say your family's in Louisiana and you're a five-star recruit. It's like, you got to go play for Tulane? Like, I guess that's a little bit more viable now. But yeah, I mean, and, and the funny thing about this, man, is like that mentality has just been so drilled into us from the time that we were young that it's like if you pulled like, now it might be a little bit out of scope here, but if you were to like pull fine mom callers and be like, what do you guys think about this rule? Like, I feel like it'd be like a 60-40, like, yeah, you just can't let them, hey, you want to give your bonus? <laughs> and it's like, why? You've never, th- then what? What's the following step? Yeah, like, then what? Uh, Okay, will you win an additional, how many wins? Give me the VORP on this yes. move, really. <laughs> That's it. Give give me the one. Give me the one specific example. Give me somebody right. sitting at a post game press conference saying we really wanted to run this stunt that we run out of this specific look. And you know what? That offensive tackle that we recruit that that we let go to that other school, he just had it totally sniffed out. And it was fourth and eight, and we had no chance whatsoever. And it was a direct result of that guy knowing our playbook and knowing how we line up. No, that doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. They're holding on to nothing, holding on to absolutely nothing. You know what? You're you're letting go. You're you're letting go of talent. That's what you're doing. That's all you're doing. You're letting go of talent. You're being petty. Oh, the way it's always been done. Doesn't work yep. here. Doesn't gonna, work here. I'm going to give one more point of this so we could like move on. The funniest example of this ever, right, was in the uh, NFL with John Gruden in that Super Bowl, right, where they just, he left the Raiders to the Bucks. They played, they ended up playing in the Super Bowl. Those are obviously like completely different coasts of America, completely different conferences, but they just happened to happen to play in the Super Bowl and the Raiders were still running Gruden's system and they played Gruden and he was like, oh, I know their whole playbook. <laughs> like, that's the one, but, it, but still, it's like, who did we make fun of there? The Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of the point. It's like, let's say the exact perfect thing happens. You kind of get to the end of the season. You're like, so you guys didn't change a single thing. You didn't, once you realize this was a possibility, you didn't change this thing going into the game. So like, yeah, same deal. It's like, yeah, I've seen Kirby Smart. And like, I joked about it at the time, like with the SEC championship game, but it's like the level that they drill, you know, live balls, all these different situations where it's like, you can't just sell me, oh, well, we just have one system, but we can only call our terminology one thing. And, and if someone knows the code, it's over with for us. We're cooked. It's, it's yeah. Everybody thinks that they have nuclear codes just yep. sitting in their program. And God forbid anybody ever gives a whiff of any of them because, oh, my gosh, that's just going to be the death of the program. So stupid. So stupid. Okay. Uh, before we kick it to Hennon Hooker, quick word from our friends at Underdog. Yes, you know. You listen to this podcast. You've been listening throughout the entire offseason. You know that sports betting, it's not legal in a bunch of SEC states, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, South Carolina. Most of the SEC states, you cannot bet on sports. But Underdog Fantasy, they've got you covered. You might have tried Daily Fantasy in the past, but Underdog is a new platform that's extremely popular right now, and they have some awesome contests where you can compete for real money. It is a great way to scratch that sports betting itch. We have an exclusive arrangement with Underdog. 
Go to SaturdayDownSouth.com slash underdog. You can automatically double your first deposit when you join. Sign up, throw in 50 bucks. They'll throw in 50 more dollars. It is a great way to get some money to play in these contests. You can pick higher or lower for different players. Really similar to sports betting player props. You can put real money on the line. Yes, legal and live and all of those SEC states. You can do this anywhere. Underdog, it's awesome. It's super fun to do while you're watching any sport in your living room and you can win some real money. Go to SaturdayDownSouth.com slash underdog. Take advantage of our promo where underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars hundred dollars absolutely absolutely free saturdaydownsouth.com slash underdog all right here is hendon i'm now excited to be joined by a very special guest it is hendon hooker hendon is here on behalf of six star pro nutrition in the campaign to end hunger through feeding america uh, buy a bottle of the whey protein at your local walmart between now may 8th and 10 meals will be donated to feeding america and then I've got some in my pantry right now. Um, it is absolutely delicious. So besides just wanting to get in business with a, a company that has such a great tasting product, tell us about what exactly drew you to this cause. Yeah, um, you know, wanting to be a positive light in the community and in people's lives and, you know, um, um, being able to donate these meals and help help those in need, um, you know, it's huge. Um, being a blessing to others is always a great feeling. It's been pretty wild to see your rise kind of play out the way that it did. And I think the the untraditional path has some NFL teams kind of scrambling right now, which is probably, I mean, at least from the outside looking in, it's kind of maddening for those of us who have been watching you because you're 25, you've played all these games in primetime TV. Are, are your pro day visits done or do you still have teams that are kind of hitting up your, your agent and trying to get last minute visits in here? Yeah, well, the, the last day of visits um, was yesterday, so I took my last visit yesterday with the Giants. Um, but uh, it's been it's been it's been fun um, on this process, um, and 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 teams have given me great feedback. Some teams have told me that I've had you know some of the best uh, top thirty visits that they've had. Um, so I'm I'm happy with the results that I've been getting from from the visits, and uh, just learning the game of football, you know, from all of these different uh, brilliant minds, you know, has been been a whirlwind of fun. How many teams find some way to ask about your age and being 25 going through this process? Yeah, they'll, they'll ask me, you know, what, what benefit it has uh, to it. Um, and, and a lot of it is just the football that I've seen. I've seen a lot of different football situations, you know, from the quarterback uh, position. And, and um, I think that's what, what benefits me a lot as well as being able to, um, you know, relate to a, a, a bigger um, and older um, you know, a group of men to lead. Um, you know, I'm not leading uh, any teenagers in this regard. So knowing how to appeal to every demographic um, is is a benefit. Your age and your offense has been the pushback to those saying that you are worthy of, of a first round pick. I saw a couple of guys claim that the Tennessee offense was, as they called it, Looney Tunes and that it's not real. Uh, what would you say to criticism like that? I would say it's still the quarterback position. I have to make calls at the line. I still have to audible and get us into the right situation. And I still have to make throws. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can be playing basketball against um, some little kids. You still, if you to drop forty, you still have to hit shots. So um, you um, you you still have to play the position. You know, at a high level and make decisions. And 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 all you know, that's what it's about. My football IQ is very high. It doesn't matter what what offense I go to. Um, I'm going to be able to comprehend what's going on just because of how much ball I actually know, not just being um, a one a one trip pony and playing in one offense. I played in, in multiple offenses and learned, um, you know, multiple schemes and learned a lot, you know, through this, um, through this journey, you know, in the draft process, uh, meeting with teams and going through walkthroughs, you know, we have four walkthroughs and I'm, I'm running the, the, the whole offense. So, um, I'm not going to have a problem with trying to get to a pro style offense. Uh, yeah, it'll actually benefit me. I don't, think people realize how far out my receivers are in their splits and how far these throws are in this offense here at Tennessee. Um, so the field being condensed, that actually helps me make throws. It makes my arm uh, look a lot better as well. Um, so I'm excited to, you know, um, get into these offenses and, and um, take full control. You had this great response in an ESPN article that I read where you said, basically, it's not my fault that my first progression is always open. I can find plenty of plays where your first read wasn't there and you, and you still find a way to make a big time throw. The play of the game against Alabama wasn't all those Jalen Hyatt throws. It was the pass to Brew McCoy to set up the game winning field goal. You double clutched on that play. What would have happened if you had thrown on the first look? Yeah, it would still would have been the same thing. It was just shut him down in, in another window. Um, but I saw him just kind of 
running a little deeper than I expected, um, which which was a benefit to us in setting our our, our field goal team up um, in a in a great position to finish the game off. Um, but yeah, if I would if I would have thrown in the first one, that would have been cool as well. Um, gave him some more time to work. He was getting jammed up a little bit. Um, so. My, I was trying to anticipate the window, and then I just I just felt him um, continue to carry. So I threw it to where I anticipated him to be. Did you have a cigar plan ready for for the Bama game, or was it kind of just like, hey, you don't really have to worry about what, that when you're the starting quarterback? If you win a game like that, somebody's going to make sure that that Hennon Hooker's got a cigar. Yeah, they, um, I, I don't smoke cigars, so my dad had like these bubblegum cigars um, that he was going to hand me, but. Um, they, uh, I, I guess he left them in the car or something, but, um, I definitely, I gave, I got, I had a, um, a cigar for prop purposes for sure. Your dad had one job and it was to bring the bubblegum cigars into the stadium <laughs> and he forgot them. He forgot them, but it's okay. It was his birthday. So he gets a pass. He gets a pass. Dang. Happy birthday to your dad. Uh, I, I've been saying since the pit game in 2021, uh, where you come in and, and Joe is hurt. You you have this head fake on your runs that's almost like a, a pump fake in basketball. Where, where does that come from? Um, my dad. That's my dad's move. Uh, he used it a lot when uh, he he played. So anytime you can be 20 yards down the field and a linebacker can be running your way and you can give him just a quick pump fake and he'll put his hands up and freeze him. And and um, I, I do that in my pump and in, in my skip. I do like a, a little skip. It's supposed to be a, a small, a short man's move, the skip. Um, so like a lot of people like your legs are too long for that, but it works every time. So I don't think I'm, I'm going to stop doing it. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a dead leg of sorts. I was going to ask you about that too. It's like, do you, can you call it a dead leg or is it yeah, not it, considered a dead leg because you're so tall? Yeah, it, it's a, it's a dead leg. It's like, it's all three. Um, it's the pumps, the head fake and it's the dead leg. Uh, I'm just really just reacting off the defender. If I freeze him and I can just run by him, then I'm going to freeze him and run by him. If he wants to overrun it, then I, that's when I put my foot in the ground and change directions to give him a dead leg and throw him by. Um, or, or if I can get his hands up. Um, th those are all things, you know, just to throw him off. They're always thinking and reacting to any little movement you do. So um, you got to be a little bit dramatic in your movement to get them to really overplay. And especially this next level is probably going to be, um, you know, I got to bring a little bit more to the table now. Your, your story is it's incredible to to go through the the heart condition in 2020 to, to transfer to Tennessee in the midst of all the, the Jeremy Pruitt stuff. Then to see it work out the way that that it has when you weren't even the, the starter coming into camp that first year, it is inspiring. It's why a lot of people have made the, the Jalen Hurts comp for you because while I think you're different players and it's kind of weird to think that you're seven months older than him, uh, everyone wants to find the next Jalen. Have you been in contact with him at all kind of during this entire process? I haven't. Um, you know, I, I really just talked to my my, my mentors, uh, Peyton, uh, EJ Manuel, and uh, Tyrod Taylor. Um, and, um, you know, Keenan Allen as, as well as one of my big bros. And then all the rest of my friends that, um, you know, have gone through this process and that are in the NFL right now, uh, just kind of picking their brains. I remember asking Sam Darnold, you know, a lot of questions while I was out in San Clemente, California, as well as Josh Allen. Um, and Kyle Allen as well from a football standpoint. So I'm picking everyone's brains, just trying to get some life gems and some gems on how to be a pro. I heard uh, Jason Kelsey say with uh, with Rosillo that that he he found out that Jalen changed his number two days before he got the the big contract. Did you ever have an opposing fan base like get your number like like what we saw with Stetson and Tennessee fans? No, I, I pray that's not the case. Um, instead, it's one of my one of my dudes, one of my good friends. So. Um, you know, I, I told him, I said, you're you're extremely tough for uh, hitting that celebration. I told him that I was a fan of that. That was really cool. Uh, when he started to, to put the uh, cell phone up to his ear, doing a hotline bling, that was that was funny. You've never had a trolling celebration, have you? I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I, I don't think that's, have, that's really your thing. I have a million celebrations in my head and in practice. And when I get in the game, I'm just too turned and I just start talking to the crowd. You got to do the just like just like Tillman. He does the the MJ shrug like the, mm -hmm. that's from the last dance. Like that's some, something like that. I think would go a long ways for you. Yeah, yeah. But just something so I'll have something in the league. I think you'll have no shortage of opportunities to be able to to bust that out. Uh, th this has been great. I, I want to get you out of here with some rapid fire. Just first thing that comes to mind. Does that work for you? Yes, yeah, cool. All right, first one. Craziest thing that you've ever seen Joe Milton do. He threw a football from the highway 
to our um, apartment complex. Okay. And how, like, are we talking more than 80 yards? Yes. It oh, was, it's, it's, it's a, I, uh, if my camera was showing, I would, I would show you, I'm in my living room right now. I would show you where he threw it from if, if my camera uh, was working, but that's the, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen Joe do. I thought you were going to say that, uh, that he thought he could replace you as a roommate by buying a pit bull. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> No, he he just he just came in here saying I gotta give this dog away. He was fed up, with him, so uh, good luck with with his new roommate. Uh, would you be willing to pay for for Twitter? I'm assuming that they took your your blue check away because they just took like everybody's blue check away in the last hour. Would you, would you be willing to pay for Twitter? Or is that not your thing? Nah, that's cool. I, I'd be good off of it. It's not an essential thing to my life. Um, so I would not be paying for Twitter. Uh, and I didn't even know they took my blue check. I didn't even care. I had. 40,000 followers before I had a blue check. So um, just from getting hacked and I had to restart my my Twitter um, from a Twitter that I had from seventh grade, like got hacked. I'm like, wow, okay. So made a new Twitter and I I never had a blue check until like two or three months ago. So I wouldn't mind, um, you know, not having one. Yeah, you're, I mean. you're better off not having one. No, no need to, <laughs> to do that. Uh, what's the, the, the throw that you replay in your mind when you daydream? Because for me, it's the, the one on the left sideline against LSU. Oh yeah, that was, that was a beautiful ball. Um, for me, uh, or maybe it's the McCoy one. I think, um, Really, the the one that really replays in, in my mind was from 2021 against Purdue. Um, the coach from Purdue said that I couldn't throw the ball over 40 yards. Uh, so <laughs> really bombing them from the first drive. And then um, it was tie ball game, 35-35. And I threw one to the back of the end zone to Jalen Hyatt. He was in the slot. And he ran just a, a big box fade to the back of the end zone, back corner of the end zone. And I, um, I remember checking to it and giving him that route. And... He just made a great play on the ball. Um, it hit him right in the face, man. So I think that's probably one of my one that replays in my head a lot. And the one against Alabama on the left side of the field where Jalen Hyatt ran out and up. And I, I, it was in the air for maybe 65, 70 yards. More disruptive on the defensive line, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson? Jalen Carter. Oh, my goodness. It's <laughs> ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Uh, last one for you. Be honest. How stunned were you when you found out how good Coach Heupel was at Oklahoma? Um, I mean, I, I already had an idea. Me and Coach Hype had a relationship uh, prior to me getting here when he was uh, at Mizzou. He was in my top five. I wanted to go to Mizzou and play for him. Um, we were in constant communication during that time of me coming out of high school. Um, but, you know, we always give him a hard time. We're like, man, Coach, you were really slow. And then he was like, yeah, but I could, I could throw the piss out the ball, though. So, uh <laughs> You know, it's, it's always just cool to, to talk to him about, um, you know, the impacts he had at his school, um, um, him being in our shoes and going through this process of, of winning a lot of big time ball games um, and seeing how he how much he impacted his team that they still come around. Um, like We had a lot of his teammates, you know, come to a lot of games this past year and come hang out with us at the ball game. So it's really cool to see his legacy continue to uh, be built. Love it. Love it. And then uh, on behalf of Six Star, this has been an absolute blast. I've, I've been rooting for you since I, I watched it back in spring of 2021 in Tennessee. I'll be rooting for you wherever you end up, man. Um, this has been just a, a an absolute blast. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with this entire process. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Something a little bit different today. No figured out. No, no bold and brash. Ask us anything. Ow. Oh. Ow. Um, I figured this would be kind of a, an interesting way to, to open things up a little bit in uh, whatever you want, context, football, not football, personal lives, whatever. Just open up to the Saturday Down South podcast, Facebook, let the questions dictate the responses. So let's do it. Um, okay. We've got a lot of good responses here. A lot. Uh, let's start with this one. Will, you would love this. Andrew DiGiacomo says, who wins in a UFC style bout, Will Ogburn or Chris Marler? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, I'm, I did MMA for like yeah. four years and I'm feel like I got like 40 pounds on him. So if I don't win that, that would be kind of sad. Um, but yeah, I, uh, 
He's got some uh, got some honey badger in him. I definitely wouldn't count him out early. Like I think it would. I think. Oh, I think I, w- I would have to. I would have to like. Uh, there would be an early volley. I would have to withstand for sure because he could get me pretty quick. Who's got reach though? That doesn't matter in UFC, does it? Not as much. I think we're pretty similarly pretty similarly built. Um, I don't know about the reach statistics, but it's not as big of a deal. I'd probably very quickly go to the ground because I'm so heavy. Uh, so get uh, doing jujitsu with me is a nightmare because I am just a log. Yeah, Marler's a lover, not a fighter. Will's winning that bout. Sorry, that's Marler would admit that he ain't winning that bout. He's not. Other other things, Marler could probably take you in. Um, he could drink you under the table. I was about I to that. say that that would be the good one. Is like because again, the weight helps, but I still think he's probably got me. <laughs> no, he's got you. He's definitely. Yeah, I've, 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 I've had beers with both of you. <laughs> yep, he's he's got you there for sure. All right, uh, let's go to this one. Garrett Young says, "What? Who's your favorite Marvel superhero, or what's your favorite episode of The Office?" You want the first one? I'll take the second one. Gambit. Tell me more. He's a Cajun superhero. Gambit. Okay. Who he plays like, Gambit? Oh, good question. There's been several Gambits over the years, but basically he like energizes. He can energize any form of matter. So he walks around with like a deck of playing cards that he turns into bombs and he's got like the cool Cajun accent. He's with uh, the baddest girl in the Marvel universe, which is Rogue. So he's just really a source of inspiration for me. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. He yeah, needs a movie now. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, they've made a movie about literally everything. They've got a live action remake of Little Mermaid coming out. All right. They've they've thought of all of all of the the possible movies. We're running out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite episode of The Office is Dinner Party. It's, it's Dinner Party. We yeah. when we did our office bracket a few years ago. I think that was like five years ago, I want to say like four or five, like four years ago. Dinner party's the best. I think the mm, Stanley Heart Attack episode, the roast episode, which is that's what it's known by, but the name is not like the roast. It should be the roast. Yeah. Um, the race is maybe my favorite. Wait, say it again. The Michael Scott's Thunderfun Fun Run for the Cure against Rabies. Yeah. Top five episode for sure. That was, I think that's the season premiere of four. Yeah. I want to say that's the season four premiere. They had a run season three season four where all of those double episodes are so good they're so good money is a great episode um yeah fun runs double episode too i want to say i find myself no matter what if dinner party comes on it doesn't matter if i saw it yesterday i still want to watch dinner party every single time it is gold (laughs) Just absolute gold. I don't. There's I don't know like not a wasted be. second in that episode. Like from the time it starts to the time it ends, it's, everything is just going. Do you want to do, do the tour, babe? You want to do the tour? You. What did she say? You, you break it, or uh, you you break it, you buy it. No, that's not it. Like you smell it, you buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that whole back and forth, and then the Dundee that gets thrown at the TV is. Like Dwight's whole like date situation, <laughs> like the way the episode ends is him like dropping her off. I cannot pour a glass of wine without thinking of how high Dwight's glass of wine was filled in that entire episode. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Uh, all right, let's go to the next one. We have one from. Oh, this is good. Grant Haney says ultimate golf foursome can be celebrity athlete historical figure dead or alive and what course uh augusta is the basic answer tpc would be fun um i would go all right so mm, this is difficult okay no i know how i'd go i'd go so you're picking three here michael jordan horace grant my dad Man, ours were so similar. And as you were talking, I was like, do I really want to play golf with Michael Jordan? Literally, I was thinking that as you were saying it. Here's why. Michael Jordan would be talking crap in the meanest way for the entirety of that afternoon and rushing you the entire time. I actually think I would pass on playing golf with Michael Jordan. As bad as that sounds, if someone was like, you could play golf with Michael Jordan tomorrow, I'm not good at golf. I think that would be four hours in which I would might cry by the end of it because he would just be like, 
the entire every story about Michael Jordan is like, yeah, he turns everything into a competition. You can't play golf with him. Um, but um, what's up? So, but he would have Horace with him. So mm. Horace, his former teammate, could kind of absorb the blow. And I could just sit there in the cart with my dad and <laughs> watch this entire interaction play out. Cause like, I don't know that MJ and, and, and Scotty are like on, on speaking terms anymore. It's like a little bit awkward, Yeah. Uh, but MJ and Horace, I think they are still okay. Last I had checked, uh, even though there was like the entire magic fallout with Horace and um, that, that thing that MJ just really did not like watching Horace get carried off uh, in that game in the playoffs. But yeah, I, I think that, you have to you have to balance it the right way because you can't have mm-hmm. people that don't know each other. I want I, I want to, I think I'd want two other people that know each other that I could watch and just like not feel the need to speak and I could just soak it all in. See, what you need is Larry Bird out there with Michael Jordan. That way, all of his hatred is directed at Larry Bird, and you could just good. laugh at that because then he's not going to spend any time talking crap to me. He's going to be all over Larry Bird. Um, for me, so I, I said Jordan. I'm going to rethink about that. It would definitely be my stepdad. John Daly. Um, and I think, you know what? I'm going to go Charles Barkley instead of Michael Jordan. I'm going to go the complete other way because I can't be worse than him. True. So I think I will feel, I think that would be perfect because my stepdad is like a very even keel guy. I think John Daly, Charles Barkley, my stepdad, final answer. Those are some lads. Yes. John Daly, Charles Barkley on the golf course. I, have those guys ever golfed together? Probably. They have to. There's too much SEC stuff that they do. Yeah. That Yeah. Oh, that'd be good too. They definitely would have their their SEC head covers the entire time too. Mm-hmm. And, oh man! All right, that's 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 a good one. That's that's really good. Let's go to this one from. Okay, we've got some tattoo questions in here. Why don't we just answer this? We'll answer all of them with one. Okay, tattoo. You getting one? Is that coming up? I think I'm going to get two tattoos and I want you to judge me right now because I'm on the fence if they're good ideas. So let's just get these out here. All right. You're like the one, you're the exact person that I'm worried about hating these tattoos. Okay. It's, they're very different and I don't know if they work together. So tattoo number one, I'm pretty locked into. That is going to be a tattoo of the drawing of Simba from Lion King um, on my heart. And it kind of has like a background of older Simba behind it. And that's like an homage to my mom because that was like our favorite uh, movie growing up. Lion King and she always just said like you know um everything the light touches like that was just kind of like I always joked about like I was raised like Simba just like you can, the world is yours um second one is going to be a little bit of a um hoochie daddy tattoo uh it's going to be <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that phrase before but it's cool right so it's going to be this quote um and I'll, I'll tell the quote and I'll explain it so the quote is he who makes a beast out of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man right and so it's it's lots of things there's a philosopher that said it Okay. And then it was put in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is a book by um, my favorite author, Hunter S. Thompson, played by Johnny Depp in the movie. It's also the beginning of a Vin Sevenfold song, which is my favorite band growing up. The thing is, I don't know where to get it. <laughs> That's what it's I was going to ask. That's key. That's key. Because you, if you get that out in the open on your leg, ah, I don't know. going to be upper thigh. <laughs> You know, upper thigh is quietly a good place to get a tat that not a lot of people talk about. My my best buddy, Bronson, got a massive tattoo, upper thigh. He's like grew up very similarly to, to me. He doesn't like really similar fashion sense. And when he texted me it, I was like, is that real? Like you, you did that? But it right on the like right on the upper thigh. And it's like a, it's it's a massive wheel. It's like a wheel. I think it's it's like a, a fancy kind of wheel, I think it is, because uh, he grew up in Wheeling, Illinois. Okay. And it has sentimental value. I always say, if you're going to get a tattoo, get something that has meant something to you for a long time. And it's not just, oh, this is something that I've liked for a year. This was something that I liked once upon a time. If it's carried meaning, and if it's still meaningful to you at this stage of your life, something from childhood that you still think about, you still talk about, I say pull the trigger. I say do it. Man, if you're on board with this, I'm booking this because my only thing is like, oh, you're like a dude, like about to be 30, who's getting a new thigh tattoo, like just a little bit, like are you falling out? Like, 
You're getting a little bit crazy there. If you think that's not too bad, the thing is hiding it. I don't want it to be out. I don't want to explain it to people that I don't want to explain it to. If someone says, hey, do you have a tattoo? I'll talk about it. But I don't want to be Mr. Like, one of my exes got a tattoo that's like on her forearm. And for like a year and a half, I like gave her crap about it because she like would tip every picture would be like on that arm. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. That's just like, everybody check out my tattoo. Like, it's for me. You know what I'm saying? Business tats. Yeah. Yeah. The Kevin the Durant business tats. Yep. Right? You see it. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. You don't. So no tattoos it. for you? Probably not. If I get one, it'll be a midlife crisis. <laughs> we're being hundred percent honest. Lawrence wanted me to get one for a while too, and I've we've talked about this before, but I've I haven't pulled the trigger on anything. Um, if there was going to be a massive life event for that to happen, I think it's already happened. Like with 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 my dad dying. You know, five years ago, if like that window was going to be there, that window is probably closed. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't officially rule that out. I'd say I'm like, I got like a twenty percent chance to get a tattoo. Definitely not zero. Definitely not zero. I've thought yeah. about it, but never anything that's truly spoken to me. And I, I, I would want it to be something that I'm like, boom, that's it. No questions about it. Just kind of feels right. Yeah, I mean, you could just go like a little, little small Cubs flag or something for your dad. Um, funny enough, like, uh, one of my friends, uh, one of those, a Cubs fan that I was talking about, she has a Cubs tattoo on her forearm. And I was joking about it because I was like, she's like, oh, I think I want to work in sports. I was like, well, you can't work for the Braves. <laughs> I was like, you have a giant Cubs tattoo. So think about that. <laughs> not you, not you, but like people in life, you know, I was like, I think that's going to be a pretty hard sell if you're walking around a clubhouse with like a different, like different logo on you. So yeah, just, just be aware of your employment with tattoos. <laughs> Irrelevant. Counterpoint. Look up Brett Bielema, Iowa tattoo. Oh, I've Look, seen this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've seen this. I'll get a refresher because Brett Bielema's got able. two non-Iowa Big Ten coaching jobs. So I I mean, maybe you just have to be as much of a legend as Bert, and then you can get away with it. But yeah. I think he played at Iowa or he went to Iowa. He, yeah, he played at Iowa. So I think that works. Like, you know, but but then, yeah, if, if you're at Wisconsin, it might be a little bit different. But if you play, like, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, this is an Iowa guy. You're hiring an Iowa guy. So I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's why he'll eventually replace Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. That'll be the, that'll be a seamless transition. It really would be. Year 2050. Yeah. <laughs> Ancient Brett Beal. <laughs> yeah, could be. Uh, Michael Dark says, if you could only eat one fast food chicken sandwich for the rest of your life, what would it be? I've got an obvious answer. What about you? He wants me to say the McChicken. I will not say the McChicken. I will say the Chick-fil-A spicy sandwich. So that's the one. You're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And I say that as somebody that has the grilled sandwich very frequently, but you can't go wrong with it. Here's the problem. I don't think it's the number one undisputed best sandwich. If if I'm getting one meal, Popeye's chicken sandwich. The Popeye's chicken sandwich is incredible. It absolutely is. It is better, if we're being 100% honest, it is better than the Chick-fil-A sandwich. But there's other things that goes into it. It's the service. It's the mm-hmm. fries. It's actually Popeye's fries are pretty good too. Uh, it's the lemonade. It's it's the entire Chick-fil-A experience. And you feel like you can actually have that meal and not feel like death afterwards. Whereas Popeye's, like, all right, you're going to feel this for a little bit. You gotta, you're, like, you're telling yourself, this is going to be a big time cheat meal. We're going we're gonna to go for it. We're going to get after it. It's huge. It's gigantic. I remember they're passing them out for free before the 2019 ICC championship. And they were passing them out like in halves. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is an entire sandwich that you just gave me. And it's a half. Like they were mm-hmm. doing outside the stadium, some sort of promo. But yeah, if we're talking every for one chicken sandwich for the rest of my life. Yes. Spicy chicken, Chick-fil-A. Can't go wrong. I need to go to Popeyes again. When I tried Popeyes, it was like one of those really bad Popeyes. It was like on the on the side of the interstate, and I did not like the sandwich. But I don't really go to Popeyes. Period. Like I'm not. The thing is, in Louisiana, we go to Canes. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's Louis." No, it's different. <laughs> it's like like that. I've just never thought to myself. Like the thing about Louisiana is the food at the gas station is better than the food at, at most places. So like, yeah, if you ever go to like a corner store in Louisiana, they like make their own chicken. Like, dude, after we got in that car wreck, they dropped us off at a gas station and we just had like a full buffet. <laughs> we were just gorging ourselves with fried chicken. So point being, there was never really space for a Popeyes in my life growing up. Um, but I do need to try it again because I've heard that several times and go to like actually like a nicer location. Popeyes is yeah. It don't go in with sky high expectations that, that you're going to get Chick Fil A service. It's just not going to happen. Any any Popeyes experience I've had in 
several different states. That's just not been the case, but yes, it is still a, a good product. Uh, Emery Picker asks, what's your daughter's name going to be? Malik Willis O'Gara's. Um, it's, I, I want to say it's have, off the table. Have we not, have you guys not picked one? Oh, we've picked a name. Yeah. It's just secret. Yeah. We haven't told anybody. Okay, I was about to say, I was like that, because it's like, like now that I think about it, it's like later in the process, but I knew you would have one. It's just, it's under, it's like a freshman quarterback. It's under wraps, all right? Yeah, no media availability. No media availability. Name. No, 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 <laughs> we, we can't do that. Um, like, I haven't told my mom, because the problem is if you tell somebody close to you, we've told a, we've told a couple of people, like people that we know don't have, um, the, the Venn diagram doesn't overlap with anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. For example, if we're doing a daycare tour and they ask us, oh, what's your baby's name going to be? And we'll say, well, that wasn't me giving away the name. But if we'll, <laughs> if they ask us that, we'll tell them, we'll tell them what, what, what the name's going to be. Cause like, yeah, they don't care. They're not going to, they're not going to have an opinion. They're going to say, oh, no matter what, we could literally say, yeah, her name is going to be fart. And they'd be like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> they don't care. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas like, if you're, if you tell your parents, Oh, we're going to name her. They're going to have some sort of opinion on it. The Zoom fitness class knows. You know, everybody everybody knows. I mean, it it spreads like wildfire. When we did our our gender reveal, we did like an in-home thing. And and we just did like a a video. We actually did two videos. Here's a fun story. This isn't a long story, I promise. We did two videos because we we had a cake. I think I told you about this. We had uh, we had a cake, and we were going to be able to see kind of what it was from the outside. We were going to know because we had two different types of cake: one for boy cake, one for a girl cake. We were going to know based on the outside of the cake, but to the average person, you weren't going to know until you cut in. So we did the video of us seeing the outside of the cake, and then the other video where we cut into the inside of the cake, and then so we had to act a little bit. But we did that gender reveal video, and we're like, all right, we'll tell our parents, tell like you know our siblings. And of course, like, you know, my mom is with, my mom's with like my, like my two of my aunts and uncles and we're like, yeah, you know, they just, they can tell their kids, but just kind of keep it under wraps. I think all 11 of my mom's siblings found out that night because they were on, like, my mom was like, just like set it out into the world. And the amount of texts that we got <laughs> forward, night, forward, forward, forward. <laughs> oh my God. It just, it's spreading to hurry. So no, we will be keeping the name under wraps uh until she is here which had an ultrasound today baby's coming in at six pounds 12 ounces 34 weeks 90th percentile she's one step closer to becoming a college long snapper so we're good i'm I'm so hoping you have a chunky baby that's 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 all i want that's all i want yes just a little michelin woman i know that 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 to me is always just the most adorable thing in the world so yeah, the baby could be coming a little bit early. Uh, if if it does come earlier than the expected due date, which is May twenty eighth, I will uh, keep everybody aware of kind of what we're going to be doing from a pod standpoint. Maybe some housekeeping that we'll have to figure out. Um, there will still be hopefully pods during that stretch wherein I am stepping away from this job on paternity leave, doing hopefully. Let me and John do it. We'll talk about the depth charts. It'll be great. <laughs> That'd be the worst podcast of all time. I'm totally kidding. When was the last time John watched an SEC football game that wasn't in your presence? That was it with me? Never. Yeah. Never o'clock. Yeah. Zero times. <laughs> Unless he was at a bar. That was with, yeah. And and it was by accident. Yeah. Right. Shout out to John, who is like our our uh save the day producer at, at, mm-hmm. at different points uh doing this show. Uh John has produced the prod multiple times actually within within the last within the last six, seven months. Um, but yeah. We will have, uh, we'll have, I'll have some sort of update, I'm sure, at some points um, with that. But yeah, I, uh, I think that covers it for ask us anything. Oh, 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 one more from Andrew. He said, "Are uh, you going to FSU, LSU? Are you going to that?" That's the plan. That's yeah. The plan. I'll be there too. Um, Sun- Sunday night in Orlando. Yeah, that will be that'll be awesome. 
Yeah, if any of you guys that are LSU fans are in this group, let me know when those tickets go on sale. Because last year, I just happened to find out from a group chat whenever the the ones from last year, dude. The seats we ended up getting were like, they would have been $500 plus, and we got them for like 200 through the LSU app that you have to sign up for. I am really trying to do that again, because I do not want to pay $500 for tickets. because, it, But they dropped in the middle of like July for like random like Tuesday. It was like, hey, you can now get these tickets, and before you couldn't. So, um, But yeah, I, I really I really want to go. And you obviously are going like media, so you don't got to worry about that. But I'm I'm now that FSU is like confirmed good and LSU is like confirmed good, like the concept of paying what we did last year, I don't think it's gonna happen. No. Yeah, FSU fans will will definitely show out for that. Although that's there there are gonna be some people that make that make the the comment like, oh, just playing down the road in Orlando. It's like, have it's you Googled how far Tallahassee to Orlando <laughs> is? Uh yeah, that's the sense on the road. There okay, are so but, many people from Florida that just have not left Florida because you could go on like a nine hour road trip from tip to tail of florida and just see lots of everything and like that's fine so like but yeah everyone's like oh yeah you know miami it's kind of by like pensacola no that's a whole other day trip buddy no that's far yeah even i don't really venture down to miami fort lauderdale that area very much doesn't happen okay lad of the week uh i've got quarterbacks who left the sec okay yeah um john rice Plumley, jalen hurts big week for both of them seeing john rice Plumley pull off the minor version, very minor version of the Dion double play. It was cool. It was really, really cool. If you didn't see this, goes from playing uh UCF baseball game to throwing touchdown passes at UCF spring football game. Just fun. Just really, really fun. As a, a JRP appreciator, what, four years running? Yeah, 2019 was his freshman year. I am glad that he's living his best life because this is usually the type of thing that gets taken off the table at Power 5 programs, playing quarterback, and being a positional guy in baseball. That's the key to remember. One thing to be a pitcher in baseball and try and do it, which I still think is a major challenge, but I just love that he's getting the freedom to be able to do this. He's doing it as a fifth-year senior, and UCF is just like all in with it. They have buy-in from both programs. He's not just like some freshman kind of dipping his toe in the water, like still wants to play Mm -hmm. both, can't pick what sport he wants to play. He's like really doing this, and it's just cool to see. I've always said John Rice Plumley would have been awesome in the SEC 20 years ago. So... Just great to see that he's getting to do this with Gus Malzahn in an offense that feels like we've been talking about for 20 years. Listen, yeah, he was for one game until he that deep. He was the best quarterback that he would see. Uh, hey, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Not just one game. How dare you? How dare you? We are not just talking about LSU. He had his other moments. Go back and look at that Bama game. Watch that, that oh, Bama film yeah. in that game. Fair. He's very, very good. John Rice Plumley's electric. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, he's he's interesting. I'm I'm very in- intrigued to see where that offense goes with Gus. There was like all I'm not going to get into the QB depth chart controversy at UCF, but there's a lot of it's very interesting because like a lot of the fans are like kind of hoping that because he of course has recruited some dude like Gus Swap Monster dude who's like a dual threat guy and like their their offense should be a little bit better um this year. I know we literally talked about this guy on the last podcast. Um, somehow he's just popped back up into my life, so I'm gonna make him lad of the week. Um, Jack Black again. Okay, here's what. Why. Have Have you seen the Mario movie? No, no. Come on, that's well. What? That's that. That one's falling. That that's falling through the cracks. What's falling through the cracks? The Mario movie. That that's not one that at this stage of my life, as as a non gamer. And look, I I love I love Mario Kart. Played Mario Party growing up. Smash <laughs> Bros. Every, every once in a while, like that. That I get it. That wasn't necessarily something I was all in with. No, that one's fun. Wow. That's tough. Well, the Mario movie is very good for the rest of America that played Mario. (laughs) It's a very good movie. But where I was going with that is, you know, we do our our, uh, social producer wrap up uh, at my job. And basically, there's a super viral video of Jack Black just singing like this song about like peach for mario and he's like dancing around and it's like just the greatest thing in the world and so i it's funny that we were literally talking about him the other day and then like that night i got asked to go see that movie uh but i just wanted to like talk about that and just the fact that like that whole movie is awesome maybe just the cast of that movie i, I haven't been as happy watching a movie like front to back there was so much nostalgia in that because like seth rogan plays donkey kong it's like you know it's it's the whole thing is like kind of hilarious so check it out just, i don't do free promo but like i i literally started off thinking about that with like the part he played but like they've casted it so well so yeah i don't know that movie just made me super happy in the middle of this like last week um so that's mine because there's not really anything crazy going on nba playoffs or anything this is kind of a it's not a ladless week but it's a little bit a little bit chill not a lot of you know 
latitude going on. So we'll, we'll huddle and we'll, you know, get back. You, who hates Mario? I'm, I'm right here. I don't, I don't hate it. Look, no, no, no. I, I say that I hate it. This isn't, this isn't like my hate for SpongeBob, which I've never said on these airwaves, but um, you say this every, anyway, <laughs> I, I told, I told you last week for the very first time, I was like, well, I don't really like SpongeBob. Like not, never been my thing. I find it annoying. Not my right. jam. Totally understand. Different strokes for different folks. Yes. Um, I, when I was seeing air, on what was that like a week and a half ago on a Friday night, there mm-hmm. was such a rush to see the Mario movie. All of these people, I mean, Cole Kublik was talking about it on this podcast like three, three months ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. The rush of people that wanted to see Mario, and we were showing up like 20 minutes before showtime or something because we're you know, we're big movie snack people. Um, but the amount of people that were showing up and being like, oh, you know, it's sold out, it's sold out this time, this time. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'm not saying I don't get why people don't like it. I fully understand that. Fully, fully understand that. Just kind of miss me. Kind of miss me. No, I know. And like, the thing is, I'll, I'll just say this. So like, that's it's like, I'm, you know, I liked Mario. I played Mario, but I was not like, I got to go see this. And like, I was kind of going with a group of people, but I'm actually really like happy. They're doing a whole Mario universe now. And it just made me, it just made me happy. Like a lot of those movies they miss on and they go too far into it or not far enough. This one literally felt like it was just a bunch of dudes that were like our age. It was a very, very lad friendly movie. Like the jokes were not too played out. And so like, I'm just excited like for, cause I'm not a Marvel guy, weirdly enough. I do not get into Marvel movies. I never have. Um, till that gamut movie comes out, watch out! I'll be the first one in line. But uh, point being, yeah, I, I'm just kind of like, like I said, Jack Black did a great job playing Bowser, and that whole movie was just a joy to watch. It was very simple fun. Jalen Hurts also lad of the week. So, oh yeah, I mean that's yeah. J- Jalen's a perpetual. He's like lad of the lad. He, we should do a lad of the year every year because like he was he was in the running for like the for 2022. I mean everything he came back from and the big contract now and it's gonna be cool to watch him kind of be like a co because like once a quarterback is paid like that they're almost like a co coach because they've invested so much into them. It's gonna be cool to watch him kind of help build the offense now. 179 million guaranteed, 255 million total, 51 million dollars annually. And I know NFL contracts are like they they don't have fully guaranteed. With, you know, there are different ways in which you can kind of get around that, the cap hit, all those different things, but just awesome. I I hated though seeing the C Bama was wrong, that take. Mm -hmm. What are we doing here? What are are we doing? We all know his story. We all Mm -hmm. know what it took to get him to get to this place. It wasn't like he was that good when he was at Bama. If he was that good, they wouldn't have been shut out in the first half of the national championship. All right. I love what he's become. Top two approval rating in the NFL. He and Joe Burrow, like, mm-hmm. that's also great hands. Seriously, because like Allen's a lad too. Um, Mahomes, Mahomes is cool. His family's annoying, but he's cool. So like, yeah, that's kind of the best, you know. Coming up with Roethlisberger and Brady and all those dudes, like those are not likable. Even Philip Rivers, who I'm fine with, he's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's Rodgers Favre. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there anybody going to bat for Brett Favre these days? Is that? Uh. No, no, that's like what we were talking about earlier. Like some people, like they'll, they'll just go to the ends of the earth to defend somebody. I, I think people will reach their limit with Brett Favre. They're like, nah, we're going to be done with this. We don't, we don't need yeah. to support that anymore. Um, okay. If you have not, leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the SDS pod, at CJ O'Gara, at go so hard. Yes, G-E-A-U-X, so hard. At Sat Down South. Join the Facebook group and hear your name read on air with figuring out or bold and brash. Thanks, guys. Talk soon.